Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now then, who wouldn't want to be smarter, faster, better? The problem is unlocking the secrets behind it. In fact, uh, we now introduce the best-selling author of the book, Smarter, Faster, Better, The Secrets of Being Productive in Life and Business. Charles Duhigg, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for taking the time. We, we just missed you when you were actually in Korea last month promoting your new book. How did that trip go? Oh, it was great. It was great. I was in Seoul, and, and this is actually my... It was my second time in Seoul, and I'm, I also I always love visiting um, the country and the city. It's 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 one of my favorite places. Because your previous book, The Power of Habit, you came back uh, here in 2012. Was it also to meet with Korean readers and fans? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I I, I think it was actually 2013. Okay. Um, and I I was there to um to vi to to visit and talk a little bit about the power of habit. And then most recently to talk about Smarter, Faster, Better. But what sort of interactions did you have with readers? Well, you know, um, I did a couple of programs while I was there. I got a chance to talk to folks um, who had read The Power of Habit and to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Korean economy, what are some of the issues that, that folks in Korea are confronting. You know, I, what was interesting is that one of the things that I heard multiple times was the story of Korea is obviously an amazing story, a, a nation rebuilding itself from from just you know 70 years ago, a, a war to becoming one of the, the most advanced countries on earth. And, and you see that when you walk around Seoul. Mm. But what's particularly fascinating to me about that is that is that one of the things that I heard is from a number of particularly young people saying that, that now that they had graduated from college, that they were looking for jobs or they were in their first job, that they were trying to figure out how to build a life where they're happy and satisfied as well as productive. And you know, they have a job which not only helps them and their family, but also brings meaning to their life, which, of course, is kind of the modern condition, right, is people trying to, to figure out how do, I, how do I arrange my life so that I'm not working all the time, but I'm doing things that are meaningful. Yes. And particularly as we're living through this this economic revolution really a, a a change in culture and economics as as you know powerful and as as far-reaching as the industrial revolution was the agrarian revolution there's a lot of questions about how do i become more productive so that i can accomplish the things i want to accomplish without having to make you know tremendous sacrifices along the way well certainly in korea we probably feel like we've become a lot faster compared with the accounts of late 19th century Korea, for example, uh, that anyone might uh, be able to pick up. A lot of English language accounts, and, and it's quite startling, really, to see the different pace of life. But uh, maybe less haste is also what we need. Well, I think that's exactly right. I think that, you know, one of the big findings that we've had when it comes to the science of productivity is that particularly in today's world, there is a significant difference between being busy and being productive. And for many centuries, frankly, those were synonymous, right? That if you were on an assembly line, being busy and being productive are one and the same. 
But in today's economy, they are different. You could spend your entire day replying to emails or, or dealing with other people's concerns and really get nothing done that was important to you or that was, was personally productive. And so one of the big insights is that the, the things that seem to distinguish the most productive people is that they tend to think more deeply about questions like, what are my goals? How yeah. do I establish and stick to my priorities? How do I how do I help myself focus on what's most important? Because those are the things that tre- tend to really bring us genuine success, mm. as opposed to to simply being busy. So, what advice would you have beyond, say, drawing up a to-do list on a daily basis? Uh, or even a weekly basis, what can we do to try and stay focused and make sure we actually accomplish the things we set out to do? Well, a to-do list is actually a great place to start thinking about this, right? Because most of us use to-do lists as external memory aids, things that are just a list of tasks. But a to-do list to be successful, to really help us be productive, it should be more than that. It should be something that helps us think about our priorities. And so one of the things that psychologists say is that when you drop a to-do list, there's a certain way you should do it that actually pushes you to think about what your goals ought to be. Mm. And in particular, they recommend that at the top of your to-do list, instead of simply writing a list of things you want to get done that day, or if you're like me, writing something that you've already done because it feels so good to cross it off when you sit at your desk in the morning, Mm. that instead what we should do is at the top of our to-do list, we should write what's known as a stretch goal. Our biggest ambition for today and for this week and for this month, the thing that is most important to us to get done. And the reason why we put it at at the top of our to-do list is because that way we're constantly being reminded of what our big goal is. We're not letting our brain sort of rely on just finding the easiest things on that list and finding uh, a sense of satisfaction that comes from crossing them off. But instead... We're looking at the, our most important goal, and we're asking ourselves, is what I'm doing right now, does it line up with the right priorities? If I just spent the last 45 minutes replying to emails, but, the, but the, the, my big stretch goal for today was to write that memo I've been putting off for a week, why was I responding to those emails? Why am I not sitting down and writing that memo? Mm-hmm. In other words, to make a to-do list into a device that helps us think about priorities is how we become productive. And that's a great example of, of what the most productive people do is that they tend to build habits into their lives that allow them to think a little bit more deeply about what they ought to be doing because ultimately that's what helps us become successful. When, when you're faced with a, a situation, though, a, a background atmosphere, that can be difficult. You mentioned the example of young people in Korea. Let's uh, say right now that I'm one of those. I've got a decent university education or even just a, a high school education. I'm ready to head into the workplace, but I feel disenchanted with the way in which conglomerates dominate the local economy here, and I don't feel like I can take my idea to the next level alone. What sort of advice would you give to somebody in that position? Well, it, I, I'm sorry, if, if, they, if they don't like the economy or if they're looking well, for an opportunity? When I say don't like the economy, don't like the way in which certain very large companies dominate the job market so that if you don't succeed with one of them, you're either out of a job or having to compromise on on your ideals? Well, I think that certainly people can think about becoming entrepreneurs, right? There, there's certainly a, 
a large and robust infrastructure to support people who want to start their own companies. And in fact, when I was in Seoul, I met a lot of people who were entrepreneurs who were starting their own initiatives. Mm. But I think it's also important not to, to devalue, particularly if you're young, the, the huge amount that you can learn from working for a company. Right? There's, there's a, it, simply because someone goes to work for a corporation doesn't mean that they're locked into that corporation for the rest of their life. And, and I, I certainly wouldn't encourage anyone to take a job where they have to compromise their ideals. But I think for most of us, the jobs that we take don't ask us to, to act unethically. And I think for a lot of people, the opportunity to learn from companies is incredibly valuable. If you look at most of the very successful entrepreneurs, they're people who worked for a company at the beginning of their career. Because within a company, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about being productive. You learn a lot about how teams can function with each other, what standards to hold yourself to. There's a huge amount of value and insight that comes from working for a company. And so I would certainly encourage people to think about becoming entrepreneurs, but I would equally, if, if they just graduated from college, encourage them to think about going to a, to a corporation for a couple of years and learning what you can. Yeah. So that when you strike out on your own, you're doing so in a sort of educated way. What about uh, if you're higher in the age range and you've already tried your career and you've reached a rut? Is it ever too late to take your advice on board? No, not at all. Not at all. But there's also, I mean, it's also worth remembering that you can become an entrepreneur within a corporation, right? The, the most successful corporations are those that encourage people to take the initiative to think like entrepreneurs. I think, it, but certainly, there's no age, there's no age limit on who can become an entrepreneur. But I think at, at the core of this is a basic idea, which is that the people who tend to do well, whether they're whether they're entrepreneurs or they're working within a company, are those who understand how to how to push themselves to think in certain ways, right? Who, who understand how to self motivate, who understand how to focus who understand how to work in teams. That's, that's one of the big ideas behind the book I wrote, Smarter, Faster, Better, or, or in the Korean title is The, the Habits of, of Very Successful People or The Habits of the Top 1%, is that they're, they're people who understand how their own minds work. And in doing so, they gain some insight in how to push themselves to excel. You've been described by the Financial Times as a terrific storyteller, a master of the cliffhanger, we're going to have to just about end this interview now. So can you leave us with any lasting thought that we can take with us to a, a better life? I would settle for that, even if smarter and faster are, are more challenging. Sure. Well, you know, in, this, in the book we tell the story of, for instance, how Frozen became a hit movie or how the U.S. Marines reformed their boot camp. And at the core of this is this basic idea. The killer app, the, the most powerful thing throughout history, has been pushing yourself to think more deeply. But the way that we do that is through creating the right habits. And if you understand how to build the right habits, you can do anything. Charles Duhigg, good luck with the rest of your writing. We'll hope to catch up with you in person on your next trip here. Thanks so much. Charles Duhigg, best-selling author, Pulitzer Prize-winning New York Times investigative reporter. If you want to have any questions put forward to him or any of our other guests during the course of our shows you can email us efm this morning at gmail.com <laughs>